Hello, and welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that began at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Today, mental illness and culture. We're going to consider the way that culture influences and shapes the, the very idea of mental illness and the way particular mental illnesses express themselves in different times and places. Let's start with the way that culture shapes our notions of mental illness and our ideas of what a mental illness even is. Take the curious case of coral. Coral is a mental disorder characterized by a debilitating fear that our genitals are retracting into your body and that when they're fully retracted, you may die. You don't really find coral much in Western societies. But in the mid-80s, there was a massive coral epidemic involving more than 2,000 people in China. And between 1997 and 2003, in several different West African nations, there were big local outbreaks of coral-like panics. Now, the reason you don't find coral in the West, at least not much, is that it seems to be partly based on a set of culturally specific beliefs about sexuality. Most coral sufferers are immature, younger men who lack self-confidence and who engage in a lot of auto-erotic activity. That's a $10 word for masturbation, which is a $5 word for a number of things I won't say on the radio. These people suffer from extreme guilt and anxiety as a consequence and of their autoerotic behavior. And certain culturally conditioned views about sexuality seem to play an enormous role in causing their guilt and anxiety to express itself in a certain way in this, in this set of coral-like symptoms. So does it really make sense to call coral a mental disease? Coro seems more like a, a, a culturally conditioned fear or panic or something. I mean, the panic seems pretty reasonable given the beliefs. So is it really a mental disease? A mental disease is supposed to be something that happens to you because your brain goes haywire in some way or another. Like schizophrenia, for example. A mental disease isn't something that happens because you have certain beliefs. Well, John, if you look up Coro in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the book that covers all mental health disorders, you will find Coro listed there. So it's, a, it's in that manual, but you'll find it in a special place. You'll find it in the back of the book with things called cultural-bound syndromes. But one might worry that that's the American psychiatric profession's way of saying, well, this isn't a good, solid American mental disorder. Those are rooted in the brain. This is some other culture's disorder, and they're just kind of one-off. Yeah, but John, you know, we don't want to suggest that only certain weird and exotic conditions like coral and all these other things are shaped and influenced by culture. Take schizophrenia. There is some disagreement about what exactly schizophrenia is, to be sure, but nobody would deny that schizophrenia is something real, something really devastating. It's a real mental disorder, and unlike coral, it occurs everywhere, not just in this or that culture. But even a disease as transcultural as schizophrenia seems to be culturally and socially conditioned in certain ways. Well, I mean, that, that, that's pretty clear. I mean, the schizophrenic I know best uh, thinks that his whole life is disrupted by the Internet, which hypnotizes everyone to plot against him. Uh, that's obviously that at least that belief is is culturally and temporally conditioned. You couldn't have it at any time in any place. Right, right. So there's cultural variation in all sorts of mental disorders. But I, I think we need to be careful not to overstate the case for the actual current cultural variation in the way mental illnesses express themselves. Because, I mean, there was more cultural variation in the past, but just like everything else in our rapidly globalizing economy, there are forces that threaten or promise, however you view it, to homogenize cult cultural differences away. 
way, including cultural differences in the way we experience, treat, and understand mental illness. Well, in a little bit, we're going to be joined by a brilliant local author, Ethan Waters, who's written a book called Crazy Like Us, The Globalization of the American Psyche. He argues that the American psychiatric establishment is, in effect, changing the way mental illness is experienced, treated, and understood around the globe. Is this rising hegemony, as you could call it, of the American model of mental illness a good thing, a bad thing, or an indifferent thing? Does it represent scientific progress or cultural imperialism? Would it be better to let a thousand cultural flowers bloom in the treatment, understanding, and experiencing of uh, mental illness? We'll put these questions and more to our guests in just a bit. But first, our roving philosophical reporter, Rena Palta, looks into a kind of psychiatry that makes cultural context its business. She files this report. Life is so different here in America. Mr. Tran is a 54-year-old refugee from Vietnam. He visits his doctor complaining about chronic headaches. My, my muscles are always sore. I see. I, I am weak and I am tired. Yet his full medical workup shows nothing to indicate the cause of his constant fatigue and pain. So he's referred to a psychiatrist. Do you have a sense of why this is happening to you? What causes this? Well, I'm no doctor. Mr. Tran is a character from a training DVD distributed by the Mental Health Association in California. The case studies help teach psychiatrists and psychologists about the cultural peculiarities of treating Asian Americans. Underdiagnosis or misdiagnosis can be uh, reduced by being alert to ethnic and cultural specificity in the presenting complaints. One of the authors of the DVD is Dr. Francis Liu, head of cultural psychiatry at the University of California, Davis. He says that while mental disorders are universal, symptoms present differently. For example, depression may be experienced largely in somatic or physical terms rather than with sadness or guilt. Complaints of uh, nerves or headaches in Latino and Mediterranean cultures, of weakness or tiredness or imbalance in Chinese and Asian cultures, or being heartbroken among Hopi may express the de depressive experience. By the same token, different cultures offer different explanations for these symptoms. A example that uh, just shows what happens when uh, this cultural psychiatry perspective is not utilized is was described in a very well-known book called The Spirit Catches You and You Fall Down. The book, written by Anne Fadiman, follows a young Hmong immigrant diagnosed with epilepsy. And she developed a seizure. And the family viewed this as a, a shamanic opening. They saw it in a positive sort of way uh, that had certain meaning to them. Uh, however, when the adolescent was brought to the medical center, she was treated by neurologists who took a purely uh, biomedical approach uh, focused on medications. Despite what the doctors said, the parents didn't give their daughter her medication, and her condition got progressively worse. The prescription wasn't the problem, Lou says. Where the doctors failed was in convincing the parents of the importance of the drug. The challenge for the clinician is often getting the patient to both accept the diagnosis and take the treatment. There is hope. There's a lot of hope. 
In the training DVD, the psychiatrist has used a combination of deference and empathy to coax Mr. Tran's history out of him. There were very few survivors. I was one of the few. He learns that Tran saw a lot of bloodshed in the Vietnam War and dreams about the war frequently. When a person suffers tremendous amounts of stress and trauma, such as yourself, uh, their body and their mind becomes weaker. Uh, your nerves become weaker. The psychiatrist in the video never uses the phrases post-traumatic stress disorder, major depression, or psychiatric medications. But you can tell he's going in that direction. There are medicines that we can use that will slowly help you to recuperate, help your nerves to strengthen and your emotions and your body to recover from the uh, traumas that they've suffered. The psychiatrist sees where Mr. Tran is coming from as a refugee and a Vietnamese American. And he adapts to Mr. Tran's speaking style, vocabulary, and cultural expectations to sell him on a treatment plan that is, in the end, quite Western. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Rena Palta. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.